My story starts a bit like a weather chart, full of highs and lows. Mad, misfit, mercenary or missionary. She said to me, you are lucky. Our friends held us up as the perfect odd couple. I knew this guy was the devil. I had goosebumps running all down my body. And that was the point. That was the moment. You're listening to a podcast from Spun, a live storytelling night from the tropics of Darwin in Australia's Northern Territory. I'm Jess Ong. The idea for Spun came to life in late 2014 on a Darwin veranda. It was a hot and humid afternoon, so sweat was running down our elbows. Up here, we've got lively characters, but through Spun, we wanted to bust some stereotypes. I'm sure you're aware of some of them that exist about the Territory. That there's crocs roaming in our backyards, that we kick around drinking beer all day, and that it's almost always bush week. That those who come here are either missionaries, mercenaries, or madmen. Oh, and there's the wild headlines of the NT News. So with Spun, we aim to shine a light on the unexpected lives and stories of everyday Territorians who are quietly going about their business. Our first event in March 2015 saw the audience crammed into and spilling out of the venue. And when we saw this, we knew there was an itch for true personal stories told live. Hang about and we'll take you into the wild and wondrous backyards of the Northern Territory. This story is all about unrequited love. And it's so crazy that you're going to be left going, what... At the end, Carl Joswig's story is from the turbulent time of adolescence. I don't know if you remember what that was like. You know, that lusty mix of hormones and misunderstandings? Well, throw in some far-flung towns in remote and rural Australia, and you've got a little bit of an insight into Carl's world. And hey, just so you know, Tennant Creek is south of Darwin, about 990 kilometres away, actually. So, yeah... It's a pretty isolated town. My story starts a long time ago, and it's the story of my first love. And it began in Tannen Creek with a journey where I was sent with my, my parents when I was 11, turning 12, to a boarding school in the middle of New South Wales. And I, at the school, you know, it was a big change going from Tannen Creek to a boarding school. But I met a young woman who I fell in love with, and over several years had this. And, you know, it was love, but I never told her. And I, every day I would sit on the bench in the quadrangle between the girls' dorm and the boys' dorm and we would, you know, talk and be friends. And this was 12 and then 13 and then 14. And it went on for quite a while. And then in year nine, my sister was in a lot of trouble for having too many boyfriends and I'd never had one. And I, um, I was sitting on the bench with Catherine. Her name was Catherine Alexander. And she, was, she said to me, Carl, I've got to tell you something. I'm, Terry the gut has asked me to go out with him and, I, and she said, I'm, you know, he's my boyfriend now and we won't be able to sit here anymore. And I was heartbroken and I was 15. I, I was really heartbroken and I decided that after crying myself to sleep night after night for weeks, then I'd never have anything to do with women ever again. <laughs> no, I, I know it sounds funny but it was true. And then I left that the last time I saw her was actually the last first and last kiss we had. And it was a church service at the end of the term and I knew I was leaving because my parents had said, you're not coming back to the school. But I didn't tell anyone. So I 
I met her out the front and the sun was setting and it was, you know, a really long sunset down in the, in the south and I kissed her on the forehead and I remember it. You know, it was a really intimate moment for me. But for her it was like, oh, we'll see you next semester. But I never went back. Instead, my parents sent me to St John's and every day I went to the library and I read Mills and Boone novels and I <laughs> stayed away from women. <laughs> and I, I, yeah, I did. I, was, I had girls that were friends but there was nothing going to happen. And I um, eventually, you know, I'd exhausted Mills and Boons in the library and I, you know, I was now in year 11 and then I was going into year 12 and I was turning 18. And I went back to Tennant Creek for the school holidays and I was, you know, it's a romantic place, which is, <laughs> <laughs> for me it is, you know. <laughs> and I, I actually think it is because it's, if you live there, you get to know it. It's, there's intimate detail in the landscape of the desert. And I, anyway, I decided I'd send a Christmas card to Catherine Alexander because I knew she lived in a place called Pine Hill, which had a post office. So I, I, I sent off this Christmas card and I just said, hey, Catherine, you know, rah, 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 I'm going into year 12 and so are you. And from that moment on, we started to write letters to each other. And so for the whole of year 12, when I should have been studying, I was writing poetry and love letters and I was pressing flowers and I was, it was very <laughs> romantic. Oh, no, I, <laughs> anyway. There was a lot of letters, and you know, but we never talked. And so you have to think, this is 15, and then I was 18. And in the same year, three of my uncles started to go blind. My mother said, look, we've found out that we've got this disease in our family where people go blind in their 50s, and you need to go to Sydney, and there's this guy who's the expert on this you know, blindness, and he, um, he's the only person that deals with it, and rah, 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 you do these tests. And, and that weekend that I was going to go to Sydney, I... Catherine Alexander was going to be there as well. And so, you know, after this 12 months of letter writing and we would finally meet. So we arranged to meet and my auntie Margaret, who was from New South Wales, she was going to chaperone me. She took me out and I bought a pair of beautiful fluoro tropical pants <laughs> and I had a sort of Hawaiian shirt on and it was, you know, I was very nervous because letters are one thing but actually meeting a person and, you know, seeing them after so many years of love. It's sort of like love that hadn't gone anywhere for me. Anyway, we get in the taxi and we, we're staying in a hotel at the right end of Bondi Beach. And this was, the year would have been 1985, I think. So Bondi was different to what it is now, but it was a small hotel with three or four stories. And I'd never been to Sydney actually before and it was a big city and, you know. Anyway, we get in the taxi, we go to leave to go and see Catherine Alexander at this prearranged date. I think her mother or auntie was going to be there too because, you know, we were young and they didn't trust us, I don't think. <laughs> but... They, um, anyway, the taxi, we go down Bondi and then she, my auntie realised she'd forgotten her purse and she said, oh, taxi driver, go back. I've got to go back and get my purse. So we turned around and we go back and we pull up. He does a Yui in, on the street and we pull up on the, in the hotel again and she says, run upstairs, here's the key and it's, you know, on the desk next to the bed. And so, I, I, you know, I grabbed the key and I bolted up the stairs and I was full of energy and I was exciting and I was, you know, this big event. I get upstairs and I push open the door and it was like an older style with, you know, the doors were opposite each other and it was a corridor and they had numbers and I ran in and I got sort of probably halfway down the hall and I went, oh, why is it so dark in here? It should be, the lights should have come on and the lights didn't come on and then I sort of stopped and I, and I heard rrr, rrr, this deep growl from the other end of the corridor and I was straining my eyes and looking down there and I was like, shit where am I, what's going on? And then I hear the growl again and then I hear a dog start to run at me. I turned around and I began to bolt for the door where I'd come in and I grabbed the door and as I grabbed the door, the dog bit me. 
It actually bit me more than once. It bit me on my right buttock and, you know, it ripped open my pants and there was a lot of blood and, and the long and short of it is that I had to go to hospital and I had to have stitches in my buttock <laughs> and I, I never made this, this meeting with Catherine Alexander, <laughs> which, you know, it was terrible. It was, it was strange too because, I mean, you're all wondering, well, you know, okay, you must have had a phone number and I did. I had a number in Sydney and my auntie had talked to her and arranged this meeting and, and you know, why wouldn't you just ring her and say, look, I'm sorry, but I didn't. I, I was so kind of, I don't know, embarrassed in that awkwardness, you know, and I was turning 19, but I was a late bloomer and I was immature and I, you know, I'd never had a girlfriend. Anyway, I didn't go, which was strange, but I, I decided it must have been fate. You know, the, the dog had bitten me. I wasn't meant to meet her, I, it was, that was it. So for me, it was kind of like I left. I went back to Tennant Creek. I stayed in Tennant Creek for a year and a half and then my younger brother decided to go to uni in Darwin and he said, you know, let's go to uni. You, know, you should come too. It's all about girls and fun and drinking beer. <laughs> and not about study. But And so we came back to Darwin from Tennant Creek and we, I was in Darwin and I, you know, I did have a girlfriend. I think I turned 21. It was my first kiss. And I... Um, I had a couple of girlfriends, but still a virgin. And I went back to Tennant Creek, and it was, I think I was 23, so it was 19, like four or five years later. And I went back to Tennant Creek, and I was working for my, in my parents' business and on uni holidays, and I um, had an old XC, which was my first car, and the beautiful, I don't know who's had old cars, but it was like driving, you know, you sat in there, it was a boat, it was this huge bench seat, and it was, like, modern cars aren't like that, you know, they just don't have the same feel, and you just, you're sitting there and you can you feel like you're in luxury, but you're not really, you know. But I used to, I, I mean, I did things like I literally would drive, I would see if I could stay in first gear in the main street of Tennant Creek. <laughs> and from one end to the other. Now, it wasn't that I was bored, it was just like I actually used to just relax and I'd listen to country and western music and, uh, you know, and it wasn't illegal, it's actually not illegal. And if people don't think it's relaxing, try it. <laughs> it it's very relaxing to drive very slowly. As, as it is exciting to drive fast. <laughs> so anyway, I was driving around and I, it was lunchtime and I decided to go, it was a, you know, a back street of Tennant Creek, it's called Brown Street and it's where the industrial area is and I, you know, I had a friend that lived there in a flat and I was going to see, his name was Noel, and I was going to see Noel for lunch. And I, um, I was driving along and I saw a short wheel based Toyota with New South Wales number plates and it was broken down and it had its bonnet up and there was a guy and he had a blue shirt on, he was, had a, baldy head like a plate baldness and he was standing there looking at his motor and I was just a friendly person and my parents owned a spare part shop and I worked you know knew about cars and I pulled up I said hey mate what's happening you want a hand you know I'll take you to the mechanics and where are we looked at his car and we fiddled with his batteries and we tapped his solenoid and we did different things <laughs> and the sun was blaring down and it was very hot it was 40 degrees sort of thing and he you know he had one of those real old sort of 1970s wheelbase Toyotas that were common back then He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm on a trip around Australia and I don't know what's going on. We've had all this trouble driving up from Alice and we've finally broken down and telling, you know, we've broken down, we need help. So I said, look, I'll tow you around to Mad Max's around the corner. So I was standing there and he, and Max actually has moved to Darwin, everyone. He lives at Mandora. <laughs> he flies a gyrocopter. I don't know if anyone's been over there and seen it. You can do a gyrocopter tour. He's just as mad as he used to be, but he's in his 70s now. So he's <laughs> like, you know, I was going to take him to the Max and get his car sorted. And anyway, he... he he puts down his, the lid of the car, the bonnet, and I look up and the person sitting in the seat looks up and it's Catherine Alexander, my first love. And, uh, which, you know, this is 10 years that has passed. 
But it it brought resolve for our story in a way because she was with her fiance, she was travelling around. I could tell her why I'd never met her at that date. That was my date with destiny that never happened, sort of thing. And I, you know, I didn't meet her, and we went to the dolly pot, and we had a sizzling steak together, and <laughs> we we talked about why I hadn't met her in Sydney, and she said, well, you know, it was probably good because now I'm here with my fiance and I'm travelling around, and. I suppose the moral of my story is that love, you know, first love or any love, it has twists and turns, it, it moves about, you never know what's going to happen. And for me, my story, it was good that I met her and resolved it and I've moved on. And tonight my wife's here, of course, which is my second love. <laughs> like I haven't had many loves, I was very slow moving in case no one got that. I had opportunity but never took her to know. No, but for me love's always burnt very deeply and you know, it really has and so I, I suppose my first love, I, I ask you all to remember back. You know, it can cause you happiness, but it can cause you pain. But it, it defines, in a way, your your future loves. Thank you. What a story, ho friends. Did your heart freeze there for a moment? Carl shared his story at an event from 2016 where the theme was chemistry. That's it from us here at Spun HQ. I hope the stories from this season and all our other seasons have introduced you to a new and unexpected take on life in Australia's Northern Territory. Big thanks to my co-producer and sound editor, Rosa Ellen, Lajlo Hassani for the music, executive producer Johanna Bell and the sharp listening ear of Jess Hamilton. Thanks also to Darwin International Airport for their continued funding support. We'll be back in a couple of months with a whole swag of fresh stories for your ears. Until then, I'm Jess Ong. Thanks for listening. <laughs>